0: Welcome back to the Fast Break episode 101. And today we're doing our first March Madness recap, recapping the first weekend of games. We're now into the Sweet 16. That starts on Saturday. Uh, so Aaron, any big takeaways just of the the entire uh, in the entire weekend right off the bat? My big takeaway is that your microphone almost blew up when you played that. It was just like
1: <laughs> All right. Um uh, all right, let me let me get to my takeaways. Um First off, there's been a lot of upsets. Uh my chalk bracket is not looking so good right now. Um it's first the first time that there's ever been 4, 13 or higher seeds that have made it to the second round. Um the NCAA considers uh an upset a seed difference of 5 or more and we had 11 after the first round, which is a record, which is a record. And then the Sweet 16 had the highest seed total ever, 5.88, even with 3-1 seeds and 2-2 two two seeds. So um, just a very unpredictable um, bracket so far. I'm not sure if you have any reasoning to why that is, but it's definitely something that's you can't really miss.
0: Yeah, I figured there'd be a lot of upsets this year kind of just due to COVID. It's been a weird year. Teams, A lot of teams didn't really have much flow coming into the tournament. You say Virginia, for example, uh, their last game was canceled before playing Ohio. Didn't get to Indy until, until Friday. So a lot of teams have been affected, uh, affected by, uh, by COVID this year, so that, that could be playing into it. Uh, I get like you said a record number uh, 14 upsets and uh, my I think Oral Roberts is a big one they're the first 15 to make the sweet 16 since uh, for the Gulf Coast did it back in 2013 uh, so n- now we'll kind of do what we do with the NBA uh, instead of going through standings let's we'll go game by game uh, so we'll start on Thursday with the first four uh, a lot of good games not really uh, meaningful games but uh, I thought they were very fun games to watch especially UCLA uh, UCLA Michigan State had a lot of what a drama in it. Any take on the, uh, the the Tom Izzo controversy where he grabbed the player at halftime?
1: I don't know. I didn't watch the first four. I don't care.
0: All right. You're typically the the first four super fans since you've gone the past three or four years.
1: Well, I'm not going to watch the games. I mean, it's cool to, like, be to a college basketball game because they were in Dayton. But it's not like I'm just, like, this first four expert.
0: Do you still stand by your take that winning the NIT is better than losing in the first four?
1: Oh, 100%. Would you rather be uh, Mount St. Mary's or Appalachian State right now losing to a 16 seed just before that 16 seed could lose to a one seed, or winning the NIT and ending your season on a win, which very few college basketball teams can do?
0: All right, you make solid points, but I think just having the accomplishment of making the NCAA tournament is, is Well, better. you don't
1: make it if you lose in the first four, man.
0: Yes you do that's, a, uh, that's everybody calls them playing games which i hate they're not playing games they are the first four you're not <laughs> playing the field you're, you just it doesn't extra round uh, okay so i still
1: don't understand how there's a play in for the 11 seed like those teams um, could lose to an 11 seed but hypothetically are better than the 16 seeds or 13 seeds
0: that's why they're not playing games so what they did is really there's been Calls to change it, um, but it's just for TV purposes. When they added the four extra teams to 68, they, they added some extra at-larges, but there was also a new conference that formed that year. So, for TV, they, they made two uh, – the, the last four teams in had to play their way, uh, had, to, had to play in Dayton, and then they had 16 seeds because they had to make it a 68-team bracket. So, that's so
1: why game. don't they just bump everyone down, let those 11 seeds play, and then all, all four 16 seeds are playing?
0: Well, there's been people that want to expand the tournament to like 76 and have all 14, 15, and 16 seed games be a play like be be like first four games, really. Which
1: makes um, sense. I still don't get why an 11 seed would be a play in, but
0: I don't know. It's, it's just because of it's like creates high drama, like to get not really the games aren't high drama, but like getting into the, the tournament, it looks like the last four in, but. But technically
1: know. the losers of those games would still hypothetically be better than a 14 or 15 seed
0: Yeah. But it's a weird structure. There's no, so it's just it.
1: unfortunate for those teams.
0: All right. Sure. All right. We'll go to the first day. Now Uh the first game was for the Virginia tech. We were watching it together. We all had Virginia tech. And when they hit that, uh, that three-pointer to to tie it in regulation. That I mean, that was a huge shot. I thought Virginia Tech was going to win in overtime. What were your thoughts on that game, Aaron?
1: Are we going to go by uh, time it happened or down the bracket? Because I just have the bracket
0: pulled up. But time also... it happened. So I I have it by time it happened.
1: Oh okay. Well, I'm going to be completely screwed up then. But um, sure, we were watching that game. It's, it was irrelevant in the grand scheme of things because they. St- oh no, did Florida win?
0: And no. no, Oral Roberts beat Florida.
1: Oh, yeah. So, the, I I don't know. I don't have a lot to say about this game. It, it was maybe the closest game in the first day, though, other than Oral Roberts, I suppose. There was, still hasn't been a buzzer beater yet. Um, not even, like, last 30 seconds trading shots. Like, they've all – I mean, I guess Adeline Christian made their free throws. But, um, I don't know. It, it was fun to watch. It was a good start. But – didn't really matter in the long run.
0: Yeah, Arkansas, Colgate. Colgate got up by 15, and Arkansas pulled away. It wasn't really surprising to me. Uh, probably not many takeaways from this, but if you got anything. Nope. All right, Illinois, Drexel, nothing here. Uh, Utah State, Texas Tech also nothing. Hartford, Baylor, no. Loyola, Georgia Tech. I want to talk about this game because I had Georgia Tech, and it seems like everybody else had Loyola. And uh, for the most part, this was actually a pretty close game. Um, but Loyola, they, they run an interesting style on defense, very hard to prepare for. Uh, they they switch every screen they show on every ball screen. I think that that hurt Georgia Tech without without their big man.
1: I think Loyola is a lot better than an eight seed. If you look at like pre pre round predictions, people had them as like four to six range. Like people like this is a team that was ranked top twenty five. I, I I get it's the coaches poll and whatnot and does not translate to seeding. But being an eight seed, like I feel like that's even unfair to Illinois. Like even if this team is a six seed. Uh, we, we can agree that Loyola is probably better than BYU. Okay, they're in a different conference schedule and whatnot. But I, I just think um, this was the one the one team that I think they're – I've also heard some maybe that uh, Oregon was uh, overseeded or whatever. But Loyola, I just think, um, has played a lot better than their seed, and maybe they deserved a slightly better one.
0: Yeah, I, I want to touch on that too because every analyst coach says that uh, it's not – Thunder City has hurt the most. It's the team that you'd see that's probably a five or six team. This is a good team. They're top 10 in net for a good, a good portion of the year. And uh, I think they got a good chance to, to go to the Elite Eight and possibly the Final Four for a, for a second time in the last four years. Uh, moving on to Oregon State, Tennessee now. Oregon State continued their, their, their hot streak and they, they blew out Tennessee in this one.
1: Yeah, this is the one upset that I actually predicted in the first round. I'm um, feeling pretty good about it. They kind of blew Tennessee out of the water, so yeah.
0: All right, Liberty, Oklahoma State. My champion survived the. They survived the first game, but didn't do much after that. It wasn't really an interesting game. The score was probably a little closer than it actually ended up being, um, but it wasn't a very eventful game. Uh, Wisconsin, North Carolina. This was that. This was an absolute blowout. This game wasn't close at all in any part of the game. It was Roy Williams' first loss in the first round.
1: Yeah, I don't have too much to say. I, I picked North Carolina, but the game was kind of uneventful. I believe at that time it was really kind of the only even close game, though. That was kind of the, the first, like, lull period in the in the first round where we were just sitting around. There wasn't a close game, a couple blowouts back-to-back.
0: Yeah, that game surprised me because Wisconsin hasn't been a great offense all year, and they put up 85 on UNC. Uh, Houston blew out Cleveland State, no no surprise there. Now, North Texas beating Purdue in upset uh, – an upset here. Purdue didn't look great. I had them in the sweet 16 and uh, they came out, they came out flat. Quite frankly, they did not deserve to win that game.
1: Um, Yeah. I, I North Texas played, played well, I guess. Purdue just played bad. Again, this was probably the second or third big upset of the night and all these, all these, I mean, there were so many back to back, it was hard to even comprehend what was happening. And it, it wasn't even that close, I feel like. Like, there's still enough – it was close enough to still be cheering on the underdog, unlike Oregon State, where, like, there was just no nothing to cheer for because it was a blowout. But I, I, th- this was an exciting game, but Purdue just couldn't do anything.
0: Yep, North Texas really shut them down, which was surprising because Purdue had been been pretty good against some, some really talented teams this year. Rutgers-Clemson, probably my favorite game game to watch the first round. It's very interesting, low scoring. and a, I, I like the Scarlet Knights. They had, they had a good chance to beat Houston up most in that one. What were your thoughts on, the, on their first round game?
1: That might have been the game you watched right after you left because I do not recall this game at all. So It might have been right as the chaos ensued. Uh,
0: that, yeah, that, that was a uh, 7 o'clock tip, I think, so that's most likely what happened. Yeah. Uh, Syracuse blew out San Diego State. Uh, Buddy Bay had made a great game. I doubt I didn't really watch most of that one. I doubt you did either.
1: Um. Yeah, I didn't really watch the game, but I saw some of the highlights uh, afterwards. And then, okay, so he's the son of uh, Jim Beheim. I believe is the coach's name. And uh, guess how old Jim Beheim was when he had his son Buddy Beheim?
0: I'm gonna get this right. He was. I'm gonna say forty nine.
1: Fifty five. Oh. Wow. That is so old to be having a kid. And
0: then he's playing for you, and you are still coaching, like until this year, because he'd been there for years. I thought he was like his grandson or his nephew or something. I didn't realize he was that. He was actually a son until this year.
1: Fifty five years old. That is just crazy. I believe his brother, maybe Jimmy Beheim, plays somewhere. Um, so interesting. A bunch of jokes going around how like uh, Jim Beheim has found a loophole to the NCAA rules about not being able to pay recruits. You can like, I don't know, just all, all the. I mean it's a good story we'll see if they can continue to uh push past the even into the lead eight but uh in that game specifically i'm i didn't have any huge takes
0: yep uh villanova beat winthrop that was a common upset take didn't really uh, come to fruition though uh without conglesby villanova still Stillmates so this week 16 were played and played with jeremiah early and had another great game did you watch any of that one
1: uh, no, I did not, but I did not predict that uh, upset.
0: All right, and then West Virginia blew out Moorhead State. No surprise there. So, uh, in the day two now, Georgetown, Colorado. I think we both – did you pick Colorado or Georgetown this one?
1: I I had Colorado. I did watch this game, and I was just laughing at all the people that thought of this great Georgetown story and Patrick Ewing, and they just get blown out. So.
0: Yeah, I picked Georgetown, and probably like Friday afternoon, I realized it wasn't a great take because – even in the Big East tournament, most of the, except for the championship, their, their three games were pretty close. They're just not very good. And, I mean, they got down by a lot early, and I knew they had no chance of coming back. So, that was, that was a bad take. I know a couple of people that took them to the Sweet 16, so at least I was not in, in that group. Um, Florida State, UNC Greensboro. That was a, a pretty good game, despite the score. I, I had fun watching that one. I'm not
1: sure I did. I, I, yeah, I don't think I watched that game. But Florida State is a team I, I really need to do well. But I'm sure we'll maybe touch on that a little into the next round.
0: Yep, Kansas-Eastern Washington, very close game throughout. The Eagles were up by eight at halftime. Uh, they had that big dude named Tanner Groves with the, the really good beer. He had 35 points and five rebounds. Uh, he was kind of alone though. him and his brother. They, uh, they, they just weren't enough to overpower Kansas. Uh, and then the Eastern Washington's coach just left a few days ago to go to, to take the job at Portland. Offense, also
1: offensively, uh, that guy had a great game, but the last like five or so minutes, Kansas big was just getting point after point um, that the Eastern Washington needed to make a bit of the bit of a run, but he could just not stop that big and just these little tip shots over to the guy every single play. And I was like, Oh, come on. And I, I, you mentioned, I mean, his matchup, he won the matchup or whatever, but his defense at the end, they, they just couldn't hold Kansas out.
0: Yeah, very high scoring game, Uh, kind of not old school, but a lot of post touches for both sides. And uh, I think technically he probably won the matchup, but if he could have played a little bit better defense, we could have seen a first down shocker there. Uh, LSU bond adventure now wasn't very wasn't close throughout it, although. Um, I think the first ten minutes there were almost only something like two field goals made on two field goals made for both teams. Yep. All right, Texas Southern Michigan, nothing eventful in that one. Although out of all the 116s, that was probably the closest game. It was a ten point game with about a minute left, but st- uh, still missing one by sixteen. Uh, fun game, UC Santa Barbara Creighton. That one went down to the final to the final minute there.
1: Yeah, that was all. That was a somewhat popular upset pick. It definitely seemed close. Uh, I really like the oh, what was their name, the Guac- Guazos or something,
0: Gauchos.
1: All right. Uh, yeah that that was that was a fun game, and uh Creighton just pulled ahead head at the very end, but all throughout there was never really a big lead.
0: Yeah, uh, it was it was good at the end when uh Creighton knocked down two free throws. I think it was a fifty nine percent free throw shooter with about sixteen seconds left in a uh, UC Santa Barbara. Kind of dribbled out the clock, kind of going for the last shot, but not really. Got doubled outside, and then uh, they split the double, threw it inside, and the big man uh, he missed probably a four-foot, four-foot touch shot. And uh, yeah, it was rough. and rebounded and won I'm the right game so, uh, It was a close game, fun to watch. Alabama, Iona, uh, Iona maybe maybe found the blueprint on how to to beat Alabama because uh, me, me and you talked about about Alabama a lot before the tournament. They take a ton of threes, very. Very fast-paced offense, and Iona held them to sixty-eight points, and it was a one-point game at halftime.
1: Well, Iona's entire strategy was just take away the threes. Um, I believe Alabama takes around thirty a game, and they limited them to shooting only sixteen. So it was only that close because I don't know something like seventy percent of Bama's shots are threes. That can't be right. I, I've seen it's it's just an insane number though. And Iona's entire strategy was just uh, take away the outside shots and it, and it certainly worked. It, it wasn't that they were missing. They just didn't shoot them. Um, but overall, Alabama was uh, able to pull it out.
0: Yep. Uh, Drake USC wasn't very close. Didn't much, didn't watch much of that one. Uh, Iowa Grand Canyon also wasn't very close. Iowa put up a ton of points and uh, we would see that their lack of defense would haunt them in the next round. Uh, after that, it was Maryland, Connecticut, which, Shocked, uh, definitely shocked me because Connecticut had much more talent, much more expectation coming into this year in the tournament. Maryland was very, uh, was very, I don't know, uh, no one really thought they'd make the tournament. I had them probably out of anybody I saw the highest. I've been finishing seventh in the Big Ten prior to this year, barely snuck in the tournament, and then uh, they knocked off UConn pretty soundly.
1: Yeah, well, James Booknight, he was j- he just couldn't do anything. Um, it, it was partly maryland's strategy they were really trying to limit him every time he tried to drive they would have three guys or whatever coming in to help i saw that on the broadcast they kept showing oh, he j- just could not get in the lane which is um kind of his specialty he's not an amazing shooter and so they were really just able to uh, hold out this Yukon team that i uh, i'm guessing most people picked
0: yeah and I, I probably only know two or three people that picked maryland in our 35 person pool uh now another big upset ohio virginia uh, I did pick this one. Uh, I got Ohio right. Jason Preston had a heck of a game with 11 points, 13 rebounds, eight assists. Um, and Virginia, I, I think it showed that they were, that they just gotten there coming off a COVID pause. They weren't their usual selves. Still held a high powered Ohio team to 62 points, uh, but they, they just couldn't score.
1: Yeah, I guess this is an upset I probably could have predicted. It's kind of an understandable upset. I think maybe the only higher seed upset in that region for the first round, but Virginia just not being able to play for the previous week. I think they had one practice in 10 days or something, and it was still just a really light practice. Didn't want anyone to get injured after coming off of that break, and it's just unfortunate that how that worked out, it wasn't a completely fair matchup.
0: Yep. Missouri-Oklahoma, probably one of the the best evenly matched games of the first round. Uh, This this was one of the hardest games to pick for me. I ended up going with Missouri, uh, but Oklahoma – and Austin, Austin Reeves, he really led, led them to the victory. He had 23-4. and four. Uh, Elijah Harkless had 16-10. and 10. So uh, Oklahoma, the two teams that were once – Oklahoma and Missouri are two teams that were once running the top ten, and this was a fun game to watch.
1: Yeah, Mizzo certainly let me down.
0: Mizzou. Uh, when are you going to learn? When are you going to learn? <laughs> Gonzaga, Gonzaga beat Norfolk State by about 50, so that game was uneventful. Uh, now, unfortunate for you, UCLA – Knocked off BYU by 11. I did pick this game successfully. Uh, BYU's didn't look great. I think their their weaker schedule throughout the last half of the year came back to bite them. Johnny Juzang, they couldn't stop him. He had 27 points. Uh, I think he had three threes. So, uh, UCLA looked looked pretty good in that one.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, some certain Ohio State fans who shouldn't be talking have mentioned, oh, BYU lost to a first four team. Well, I think UCLA actually had an advantage getting to play in the first four. They'd already played a game with this uh, playoff atmosphere, March Madness atmosphere, and they were just uh, picking it up from the start. Just great. And then BYU, they just um, looked slow, tired, weren't ready for it. Um, I, I, they had a 10-0 run to start the second half, but kind of were just always playing from behind. It was just uh, some people expected it, but I, I just think that, on on equal footing, BYU might have been able to do it, but I just really think that this – advantage I don't know if it's an advantage, and I guess it's kind of sounding like an excuse, but I really think it um, did help this UCLA team. It's just rough for BYU. I mean, uh, outside of Jimmer's uh, couple years there, it's been 25 years since BYU's won in the first round. Um, I think – was Danny Ainge National Player of the Year?
0: I think he was, or he was runner-up.
1: Yeah, so I, I think he was. And in that case, I don't think they've ever won – a first round matchup without a national player of the year, which is just uh, quite unfortunate. Uh, but hopefully we can uh, get an upcoming national player of the year. Then
0: I, I think, I think uh, Mark Pope's a great coach. I think he'll, he'll get them. He'll get them in the right direction. Uh, I, they were overseeded for sure, but I think in the future, the BYU can stay around the eight, nine line, continue to get at larges and, hopefully get some wins in the coming years. Uh, I the, the point you mentioned, UCLA, they did look confident, and I think that was that uh, stemmed from their first-round game. It was a close game. Uh, they, they just outplayed Michigan State, and they, they came out confident and struck the ball well against BYU. Uh, now the lowest-scoring game in NCAA tournament history, Oregon beat VCU 1-0 uh, because of the COVID protocols. That's the official score. Uh, obviously, there was no game. Unfortunate that had to happen to BYU. I was looking forward to seeing Bones Highland play, but – Obviously, not, nothing to talk about because there was no game. Well, no
1: game. This, well, this was actually one of the most talked about topics of the day. I mean, you turn on any broadcast, all they're talking about is VCU. Who, who, who got the points counted for them? Maybe the coach. All right. Um, but I, I do I, – I Yeah, I know. I, I do just think that um, it was kind of inevitable that this would happen. They're not actually in a bubble. They're in a, in a city that's just very limited – obviously playing in Indianapolis. Um, it's just, this is a team, the coach had said, they've been trying as hard as they could to not get involved. They haven't had any uh, mess-ups prior to this. I think every team is trying their hardest. It's just, um, it was going to happen to someone. Uh, but it, it would have been a good game, I, I think.
0: Yeah, it would have been a very fun game. Two, two really good teams, as we saw Oregon perform very well uh, two days later. Final game of the first round was Abilene Christian, Texas. I picked Abilene Christian uh, at, after watching the game. I don't know why, but I got lucky because they – pulled out a shocker by one point, uh, beat Texas
1: 53-52. Texas just played terrible. But that guy that shot the last two free throws, this season he has shot 58% and hit the two clutchest free throws of his career. So I just think that um, – I mean, I mean you picked this one, you picked UCLA, you, you kind of got out of that left side well. I think everyone's right side of the brackets are done for, but uh, you, you fared pretty well in this whole uh, left half really.
0: Yeah, Abilene Christian didn't really have a guy taller than six foot five, and he might have been three hundred pounds. That guy too. Um, and Texas is huge, very athletic. The, the thing that uh, helped Abilene Christian is that they forced a ton of turnovers, high pressure defense. I think they forced Texas into twenty three or twenty four turnovers. And uh, Abilene Christian didn't really score the ball, and they weren't—they're they, not a great team, which showed in the next round. But uh, a very fun game to watch—watch watch at the end. Uh, yeah. So now, Sunday, the second round, the first game. Maybe the the most uh, talked about game of the second round, Loyola against Illinois.
1: I mean, as I said, this was the one seed who maybe had the toughest path of any team. Uh, Obviously, that bottom right corner just uh, has ended up having the most upsets. But playing Loyola in the second round is the hardest second round matchup of any of these one seeds. I don't think anyone predicted it necessarily. A couple people might have. Uh, I don't know if in our pool anyone did, or that's what I'm referring to. But uh, just, I mean, a one seed uh, always, almost always loses uh, before the first round or for, or final four, probably before, or I, I don't know all the statistics, but I mean, it's kind of inevitable that one of these one seeds was going to lose. I don't know if people necessarily thought in the second round, but uh, we knew eventually it would happen.
0: Yeah, every, I think if the stats like every other year, uh, yeah. typically a uh, one seed, it was before the Sweet 16. Yeah, something like that. Uh, there wasn't one in 2019, so I, I played the numbers. I took Michigan instead of Illinois, and Michigan ended up beating LSU in a close game. Uh, Loyola just looked really good. They shut down Kofi Coburn. I would didn't really do much. Uh, they held Illinois to the lowest points they scored all year, 58, and the lowest points they scored in a half. So uh, it, it was, uh, I didn't watch any of it because I was out driving, um, but it, Loyola blew them out when I went back and watched the game later. So – We'll move on now to Baylor-Wisconsin. And uh, it, that game wasn't really close throughout any of it. Wisconsin just was overmatched. Baylor's much more talented. You're on mute.
1: Uh, yes, my sister is bouncing the ball, so I was trying to tune that out. Uh, Baylor's my title pick, so I really need them to uh, keep winning games.
0: All right, Syracuse-West Virginia, another very fun game to watch. Went down to the uh, went down to the end. Buddy Bayheim, another great game, had 25 points.
1: Yes, great game. He's uh maybe uh one of the most surprising or most exciting players of uh so far. Maybe up there with Max Ace a- Smith, I guess it is from Oral Roberts, who was I guess I think he was the nation's leading scorer coming coming into it, but not a name most people had really ever heard of. So um, him and Buddy definitely some uh big stories, and I mean Buddy Beheim couldn't miss a shot there. It seemed like.
0: Yeah, a bunch of great games this day. Another one was Texas Tech-Arkansas. This was really a game of runs, as they say. Uh, I think Texas Tech got up early, then Arkansas eventually stretched the lead out to 10 or 12, and Texas Tech made it close at the end, and uh, Mack McClung, 81% free the shooter, he missed the front end of a 1-1 one and one that would have taken the lead, and then Texas Tech missed two layups down the stretch, and Arkansas, Arkansas really survived. Uh, it was a very close game.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a close game uh, throughout, but yeah, Arkansas was just able to pull it out. I did have uh, Texas Tech there winning, so but we're unfortunate.
0: Rutgers-Houston now probably the the biggest or most notable blown lead of the tournament. Rutgers was up by 10 with about three and a half minutes to go. Uh, they were really limiting Houston. Houston couldn't get anything going offensively, and uh, and, and Rutgers just Rutgers stopped scoring. They didn't get any good looks, started settling. Uh, they took very early shots, and then at the end they started just to – to win the clock down and take pull up three four seconds from the shot clock and uh Houston the very clutch end one late in the game.
1: I was finally able to find this Avalan Christian guy. He's 6'5", 285 And they, they have two guys taller than him, but I guess he used to play for Arkansas. This guy is huge. All right, anyways, uh what I guess we're talking about uh Houston Rutgers here. I was able to catch the end of this game. Um Houston went on a 14 2 run to beat Rutgers just uh they completely blew it. their rookers did so a uh, fun game to watch though it's just one of those i mean you always hope your team's down 10 come on we can do it but m- i most teams uh can't,
0: can't really pull it out but houston was able to all right now we haven't talked about oral roberts yet uh because i was sitting in from now because they're only the second 15 team to ever make the sweet 16 knocked off ohio state in a great game and then uh kind of came back and forth never got down by too much but was down by probably seven or eight late in the game and uh Came back and won, and I, I thought they had a chance the whole way, and they had some great shooting late. Kevin Obenor scored 28. Max uh, Max Aitzen scored 26, and those guys were the only guys in double digits for him.
1: Yeah, I mean, just uh, proving that all of these – I don't know, we're talking about the second round here. Uh yeah, so they they play. I was gonna talk about how bad the Big Ten is here, but then I realized we are we are we are on to the second round. They did not can play. Talk Big
0: about Ten. that because we never talked about the the first round
1: game. Oh, Okay, I well I I, I had in my notes to talk about how bad the Big Ten has been and how good the Pac-12 has been, and then we talk about Oral Roberts, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, we could talk about the Big Ten, but they didn't play one in the second. Round. Anyways, uh, Big Ten, they only have one team in the Sweet Sixteen with Michigan at this point now um uh, i don't know six or seven teams have lost which is just embarrassing um i based on their seeds i think probably four or five of these teams were expected to make it to the sweet 16 just a lot of upsets to these big 10 teams pac 12 on the other hand has been incredible uh, people in the past have kind of considered this kind of falling out of the high tier of basketball uh conferences but uh, what they have four teams in it so just uh Really impressive, these two conferences with uh, the
0: most newsworthy ones, at least. Yeah, the Pac-12 didn't have a single team ranked in the top uh, top 16 in the AP pool all year. Not one all year, and then they have four in the Sweet 16. Um, Villanova blew out North Texas, and then, uh, bad for me, Oregon State kind of blew out. Oklahoma State was never close, only a 10-point game final, but Oklahoma State was never close in that one. Got down by 16 or 17 in the first half.
1: Yeah, I didn't watch this game, but it's just incredible how it happened. Looking back, I mean, Cade Cunningham was like four. uh, He ended up with 25 points, including eight free throws, and then was only like four or five for uh, 15 or 20 shots. It's just, I don't know. It's not going to hurt his stock or anything, but it it wasn't a great game on his standards. Uh, But it's just, it it wasn't even close. They didn't really even have a fighting chance, especially – after that
0: first half yeah uh he shot six of 20 Avery Anderson was three of 12 and they scored 40 points combined but 18 were from the free throw line so not much offensive output from the field from those two uh now into Monday the the first game of the day was Oregon Iowa and Iowa gave up 60 points in the first half to Oregon and Oregon kind of ran away with this one they they scored the ball a ton they just made they made every shot they took it seemed like I mean this. Uh, Breeze and I were watching this during sixth bell, and
1: it was just. I mean, every single shot they both teams were making in the first half. I mean, it was like, I don't know, forty or fifty points after the first half. It was just crazy. I mean, I I want to go back to this Oregon State Oklahoma uh, State game real quick. Oregon State has not been relevant in forty years, and they're only in because they won their conference. And then, uh, so that, that was that was, that was was a note I had. And then Oklahoma State I wanted to mention when you, uh, you brought up Avery Anderson. APR when and I, were, when we were watching this game, we were just amazed. Every single time that guy touches the ball, he shoots it. He even kind of looks like Jordan Clarkson. I think that would be a perfect comparison for him. He does not pass the ball. Like every single time he touches it, it's either like a drive and pull up long two or you just like uh, catch and shoot. Um, I'm surprised. I mean, he scored 36 in their first game, I believe. Um, But just uh, a fun player to watch.
0: He played very good late in the year, probably built his confidence up a little bit when Cade Cunningham was hurt for a a two or three game stretch. I think he led them to victory at West Virginia with 34, 35 points. Uh, So he's a good player. He does take a lot of shots and not the most efficient, but uh, definitely a good player. Uh, Next is Oklahoma Gonzaga. And uh, this this game was pretty close throughout. Gonzaga ended up winning by 16. And it kind of shows you how good Gonzaga is, because they didn't have a they didn't have a great shooting day by their standards, and Oklahoma played really well, and they stole one by 16.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I mean Gonzaga was able to. It was their 25th straight game by 10 points or more, so double digits. Um, they've made several Sweet 16s in a row now. I don't know exactly five, five or six. Yeah. Um, I mean they only really play this year like seven guys, maybe eight sometimes. Um, with 40 minute games and 20 minute halves. Um, They, they don't, they don't dip into their bench that much. I'm not the biggest college basketball follower kind of follow the NBA more, but I mean, I mean, those, those games, the players are playing, the best players are playing 35, sometimes 40 minutes, which would be an entire college game, but usually those teams will play uh, 10 or 11 guys, but only, only this Gonzaga team does not dip in their reserves that often, but all those guys are just uh, amazing. I mean, their entire starting five, I feel like would star on most teams. So um, they, they don't really have a weak point in their offense or defense, it seems like.
0: Yep, completely agree. Next game was UCLA, Abilene Christian. And this one was was never close. Uh, Abilene Christian didn't look great. UCLA played played fine. They were good and won by 20. Yeah, UCLA pulled
1: out an 18-0 run before halftime, which is just incredible. Um, some of those guys on that team, Johnny
0: Juzzing, I remember from, B, uh, from that BYU game, can just get hot and uh, are kind of unstoppable. Yep, yeah, they got a great shot-making team. Uh, that will be a fun game against Alabama later this week. Next was Ohio Creighton. It was close uh, It was close in the beginning, and then Ohio just stopped making shots. Creighton came out, uh, made some defense adjustments in the second half. They didn't let Jason Preston do anything. They doubled him from the point he crossed half court for the most part in the second half and ended up winning by 14.
1: I don't really have anything to say about this game.
0: All right, Michigan-LSU. I know you were desperately needing an LSU victory here, uh, as was I. And it was pretty close throughout Michigan pulled away, though.
1: I didn't actually pick LSU, but I picked Florida State beating Michigan. And having Florida State in my final four was like, if if Florida State makes the final four, things are looking good for me. But now Florida State has to play Michigan. That's going to be a tough game. If Florida State wins, it's still good for me. They also have to beat Alabama. But uh, Michigan losing just really would have helped me in the long run though I, I did have them winning and I think that was a game they should have won and they did end up pulling away
0: Yep, and next, the last three games of the night were blowouts, for the State beat Colorado Alabama beat Maryland and USC beat Kansas any thoughts on those games?
1: Well, I mean, this is Kansas's worst March Madness loss ever and it's to USC um, a six seed here when they're a three seed uh, that is their worst ever March Madness loss uh, what is it, 35, 36 points or something, um, but it, it's they've had two worse overall losses one of those losses was in the year 1900 <laughs> like <laughs> i didn't even know they played college basketball in 1900 so uh
0: just some revolutionary stuff happening here all right so i'll kind of put you on the spot here um who's your national champion is it still baylor and 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 what is the game you're most looking forward to in the sweet 16 Uh, yes, it is still Baylor.
1: Uh, I, I, I honestly think right now, Michigan is better team, but Baylor can get hot shoot those threes and I need Baylor to win. And so I'll be rooting Baylor on. Um, and then the most exciting game or the one I'm looking forward to most would be, uh, Michigan, Florida state. As I mentioned earlier, I really, uh, would like Florida state to win there. Um, the rest of these games, I, I, I mean, I hope Baylor wins, but, uh, yeah, that, that will be a game that I'm not sure will be too exciting, but I hope Baylor wins that Arkansas, Will Roberts, I don't really care. Uh, Loyal Oregon State, I don't really care. Syracuse, Houston, hopefully Houston wins, but I don't really care. UCLA, Alabama, hopefully Alabama wins. I don't really care. USC, Oregon, uh, let's go USC, but I don't really care. Gonzaga, Creighton, I don't really care. Um, my bracket is busted, so as, all I need is Florida State to beat Michigan, and I'll be content with the night. And as I said, I don't
0: really care about any of these other games. All right. The game I'm most looking forward to is UCLA, Alabama. Two great offenses. UCLA has been uh, been playing really good. When I'm one of the only people uh, that I know in our pool that took UCLA, UC, I, A lot of people at Michigan State going to Sweet Sixteen, but I said it was UCLA from from the start. So pretty happy with that pick. Think Alabama will get it done, but it should be a fun game to watch Sunday night. I um, Think that's all we got for today. And actually, I'm taking Baylor as well now because my my champion's out. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the I'm gonna ride the, the Baylor bus all the way out. So that's all we got for today. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.